Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. I'm excited about it. I believe God has given us a word. And if you listen around uh, the country today, um, everyone is using the playbook. Everyone is using the word of God to determine what does God say about us in this particular situation. So you're going to hear many people saying basically the same things. You'll hear uh, Psalms 91 are being quoted, that God is our refuge and our fortress, and uh, that no pestilence shall come nigh our dwelling place. And so there's a lot of scriptures that you're going to hear over and over again uh, because we have a context now uh, for the word of God. You know, uh, when times are, are not so difficult, sometimes people ease away from the Word of God. That shouldn't be the case, uh, but that's the case. Sometimes people, it's only until things get difficult that, that uh, we start turning to the Word. But really, uh, we should be on the Word all, all the time. It should be a regular pattern, even if we're just stepping it up a little bit now, beefing it up a little bit. Um, that's, uh, that's what we should be doing. So there's a lot of people that are quoting different scriptures from our playbook. This is what God tells us about the game that we're playing and about the enemy uh, that has come against us. So I'm going to share some, uh, another familiar scripture. You've probably heard it online already, but I'm going to share it and give you, uh, hopefully, uh, what I believe God has shared with me concerning this word. So John chapter 14, and we're just going to label this, um, we're going to label this today, uh, do not fear. It's very simple. Just do not fear. You know, when I, when I look at the statistics, and again, uh, I don't want to go out because I'm not a statistician. I'm not a mathematician, and I don't even do percentages that well. But there's somewhat, I think, about 1.4 billion people in China. And of those 1.4 billion people in China, uh, there's roughly about 13,000 people that have actually died because of the coronavirus. And that's not to make light uh, of, of, of the number of people. A life is a life and it's very valuable. But when you look at the, the raw statistics of the percentages of people that have died uh, because of the coronavirus, it, it almost seems like this thing that we are supposed to be precautious about, and we are, washing our hands, keeping social distancing, it seems like it's morphed uh, into something even greater uh, than it is. Uh, now, does that mean that we go out and throw precaution to the wind? By no means. But I believe God tells us not to be afraid. Uh, look around you, and, and, and you can see that, that um, people are running out of fear and a lot of it is because of so the volume of information coming in about the coronavirus. So I just want us to be precautious by doing the things that, that, that our governor and the, the federal government has told us to do, but not be afraid. Uh, I heard one minister say it this way, you cannot be afraid and still wash your hands. You cannot be afraid and still have social distancing. Uh, just because that's what we want to do. I mean, just like someone, you know, uh, if someone in my family has the cold, I, I want some social distancing from them. 
Now, I want you sneezing on me and coughing on me and blowing your snotty nose on me. You know, that's, that's we, we, we maintain distance, you know. So it's not to be uh, fearful, it's just to be respectful. I'm respectful of snakes. I'm not afraid of a snake, but I'm respectful of them. So I keep some social distance from a snake. Anyone else? How many of you out there, you keep some social distance from things that you know have the ability to harm you, but you're not afraid of it. You don't go home and, and dwell on it and worry about it and be consumed with it all the time. You're not, it's not changing your daily habits. Uh, you're just respectful of it. You know, it goes that way, I go this way, right? But not to be afraid. Fear does something to us. Fear does something to uh, to man, um, and that's why I believe God tells us to don't, don't, don't walk in fear. So uh, John chapter 14 and verse 1, let's pray first. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you for uh, everyone that you have given us the, the privilege and the honor to serve this morning with the Word of God. You said you sent your Word and you healed us and delivered us from all destruction. That would include anything that's out there in the airways right now. You sent your word and you healed us and delivered us from all destruction. And we thank you for it. We ask, Father, that you would think to my mind this morning, that you would speak to my lips and you would bring forth the word of God in such a way that every person listening will be able to hear it. And we thank you that the anointing will destroy yokes, things that are on us, that are, we're carrying, that are fears that we're carrying, for unforgiveness that may be uh, carrying all the yokes, all the things that we are burdened and heavy laden or heavy with, I thank you for the removal of them through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Word John chapter 14 verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So it says, let, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, this was said by Jesus to his disciples. He was letting them know that he was about to leave. And he, he was letting them, uh, giving them understanding. He said, don't be afraid. I'm not abandoning you. You have nothing to be concerned about. I'm going to be with you. Uh, I won't leave you. And if you can imagine his disciples being with him for so long, and he had been there and protecting them and taking care of them, but he gave them his word. And he sent him his word, and he said to him, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Now, what is our heart? Our heart is the core of our being. It is our soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, our emotions. It's our spirit. It's, our, it's the core, it's the center of who we are. That's why uh, when, when we are fearful, it actually affects all other parts of our being because it's the core. And how many of you realize part of, 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 um, part of, of being healthy is having a healthy core? You know, our body has to have a healthy core. And so if the, if the core is loose, if the core is, uh, is not as strong as it should be, then it's going to affect the rest of our bodies. And so he says, let not, don't allow your heart to be afraid. Let not, 
prevent, hinder your heart. Don't allow your heart to be what? Afraid. Don't let it be afraid. That means the responsibility of fear or not having fear is on us. See, nothing else can, no one else is the manager of our fear level except us. And God says, don't, do not fear. Not have a little bit of fear. Oh, it, uh, that's good. We, we should have some fear. No, it is don't have fear. Don't have a, a, even an iota of fear. Don't have a little bit of fear. Because a little bit of fear can take away a lot of faith. Now notice, the Bible talks about faith that says uh, a seed, a mustard seed of faith can remove a mountain. It can if it doesn't have a mustard seed of doubt and unbelief. There was a man that came to God one time and he said, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Because unbelief is our bigger challenge, not faith. When you hear the word of God, you're getting faith. You all out there listening to me uh, uh, through the airways, when you hear the word of God, faith comes by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also fear comes by hearing. And so we may be having faith over here and fear over here. And when we have the two together, guess which one's going to wipe out the other? Fear is going to annihilate faith. That's why he tells us, get rid of the fear. You're going to get faith. Faith is easy to get. It's not hard. You just hear it. and You have faith for it. But we also have to deal with doubt. Help thou my unbelief. And, and, and what happens when we listen even to facts, it's factual. The things that we're going through right now, they are factual. They, they, they do happen. It, it is out there. There is something out there. But it's just a fact. The Word of God is the judge in which we appeal to. And so no matter what is going on, we appeal to what, what is God saying about this? Whose report will you believe? We sing that song, whose report will you believe? And we all chant, we will believe the report of the Lord. But do we really believe the report of the Lord? If we really believe the report of the Lord, it would change all of all other activity. We would be people there would truly be a light in the world because they was like, why, why aren't you all weary? Why, how come you're not down? How come you're not afraid? How, how come you're so cheery? How come you're singing? How come, how come you're going online and, and you're not concerned about all the things that are going on? Because we're not allowing our hearts to be fearful, right? Oh, 14, uh, 27 says this. John uh, 1, 14, verse 27 is, is a reiteration of that same scripture. And again, it's a principle. It says, peace, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You and I are responsible for that. The government is not responsible for your level of fear or your level of faith. 
We're responsible. I'm responsible for whether or not I'm afraid or not. Nobody can put fear on me. I got to receive fear. And so it's important for us to know that I, I, God has given me a command. Don't allow my heart to be afraid. Don't allow the core of my existence to be afraid. Let it not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Say that to yourself right now. I will not allow myself to be afraid. Now, why is that? Because he said God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't even have it. So, so if we are afraid, it is something that is an antagonist that is coming from the outside in, not from the inside out. Understand that. It's not coming. If you are a Christian, you do not have a heart of fear. It is alien to you to be afraid. And I truly believe that's why it has such a negative effect on us physically and mentally. It has an effect on our mental health. Fear does. Now, I want you to see something here. Uh, I did a little, this came up to me, and I said, how am I going to best do that? I went on a walk this morning, and I knew that dirt just wasn't going to do it, and I needed sand. And so uh, I was down at the park, and they have sand all around there, so I, I may have to pay for this with the city. But uh, I grabbed up a bag full of sand. And, and can you see this? Can everyone see this? This is representative of our mind, our heart. And, and so if I'm going to keep this from, from getting afraid or if, if I'm going to let not this core of my being, let it not be afraid, let it not tremble as it were, let it not get shaken as it were, then I got to keep it pretty stable. I can't allow anything to come in and do what? Begin to shake it up. Look what happens when I shake it up. Look at it now. It's all mixed up. It's all messed up. Now, it'll settle again probably later on, but not right now. All of that sand will drop back down again. And see, that's what we have to do. There are tremors out there that will shake us up a little bit like this, and we got to take the word, and the word will cause our minds to settle back in. So kind of think of it this way. Think of your soul being like this, and you are meant to protect it from getting all mixed up. You don't want the mixture of the sand and the water. You want the sand to be at the bottom and the water to be up top. That's like our core, our soul. And so let not our hearts be troubled. Look at Psalms chapter 102, verse 4. Psalms 102 and verse 4. It says, my heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Now listen to that. He says, my heart is stricken. My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. You know, a, a, a sign of health is what? A good appetite, right? Unhealthiness is what? A poor, you don't want to eat. So, so something is going on. His heart is stricken to the point, I, I don't, don't, don't want to eat. I, I, can't, I can't eat. That's fear. You know, and I'm sure there are people right now who are not eating or eating too much. 
because of fear. Right? And so he says, my heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread. Because the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I am like a pelican in the wilderness. I am like an owl in the desert. I lie awake and am like a sparrow, a sparrow alone on the housetop. My enemies reproach me all day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me. He's saying here, that sounds like a depressed person, doesn't it? It sounds like a person who has been stricken by fear. They won't eat. They're so consumed with worry that they won't eat. That they're challenged. That, and not only do they not eat, they get to a point where that they don't even sleep at night. Also, a good a a a, a good um, indicator of of our mental health is that we sleep well. That we sleep, we don't wake up all the time. That we sleep, and when we are asleep, we are really asleep. And so, these are things that affect us when we walk in fear. Don't you know right now? That there are people in this world who are losing sleep, who are not eating, out of fear? Yeah. Because fear does something to us. And so God says, no, you're with me. We don't have to fear. Now, what God is doing, what he sent this word to do, he sent the word to console us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And to admonish us, to console us, strengthen us, encourage us, and to admonish us. Admonish us not to be afraid. Not to be afraid. Now, I'm going to show you some things in, in, the, in the Old Testament that I think are just powerful, uh, that are indicators of why we should not fear. Now, no, notice, um, go, to, um, go to the book of Kings, Second Kings. Now I've got a little gallery here, and they're not saying a word, people out there. So, so could y'all say Amen for me? Because the gallery is just kind of silent. Y- y'all need to be a little louder, uh, gallery. Let, let me let me know you're there. <laughs> so to be troubled means to cause movement or shaking, to cause an inward turmoil, to stir up, to disturb, to be unsettled, to throw in to confusion. But God says, do not be afraid. Now, here's, a, here's some scriptures here. Um, <clears throat> and before we even turn there, go back to John chapter 14 and verse 6. John 14 and verse 6 says this. And you all know this, um, you know this scripture, I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now I just want to stop right behind, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, uh, as you all well know, things that we thought were, were solid in our, in our society Sports, the financial industry, businesses, schools, and many other things 
toppled in a day. I mean, they were here and then they were no more. And many of those things, people would have said the same thing about. Sports is the way, the truth, and the life. Education, the academic arena is, oh, oh yeah, if you get anything, you, you better get yourself an education. Why not get the education and the word, or the word and education? In other words, we've made a savior out of education, where education is, is the most important thing, and it is important. Don't take that away. But education without the king, Jesus, in your life is just knowledge. So many would have said of education, education is what? The way, the truth, and the life, right? Many people who love to eat would, would have said, my favorite restaurant is the, the way, the truth, and the life. Those who, who, who would say, you know, man, I, I love, I love the, the, the whatever your favorite uh, uh, sports team is. And they would say, that's the way. I'm, 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 I feel real good when they're doing good. I feel right when they're doing right. But now that's gone. Some of us have lived uh, vicariously through our children. And, and we wouldn't say that to anyone out loud anyway. But, but we've thought of our children as the what? The way, the truth, and the life. And whatever they're doing is just, it's just number one. Or, or our hobbies even, things that we like to go and do that we're maybe not able to do right now, we've thought of them as the way, the truth, and the life. But we found out that those things fell. I mean, they literally just dropped, just like that. And they were no more. But those of us who have said of Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life, he's still there. He's still doing his thing. He hasn't moved. Scriptures haven't changed. We haven't had to modify the Word of God for this situation, not one bit. As a matter of fact, the context for the Word of God has become greater now than ever before. I mean, the promises of God mean more now than they did before. They're shining up. They're stronger. They're a strong tower. While all these other things have fallen, Jesus is still standing that's why we're not ashamed of that gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power. It's the power of God into salvation. Salvation for what? Salvation for every area of our lives. Every single area of our lives. And I, and I caution you as Christians today is don't treat this as a vacation. Don't treat this as a leisure time. Don't treat this as a time to lay down and watch and binge on all kinds of things, food, movies, and all that stuff. It's okay if you want to pick up a good movie, but don't binge. Don't binge. I had to catch myself, man. I'm like, this is a good documentary. But, but I, had to, I had to quicken myself and say, what is this moment all about? What are we as believers supposed to be doing right now? And I'm telling you what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to strip ourselves by the Spirit of God of anything that we have been mixing with 
God. God says, I will have no other gods before me, before me, beside me, around me, or about me. And it's real easy, let me tell you, it's real easy to, to kind of have a mixture. You know, matter of fact, in the Bible and, and also in uh, the book of Kings, 2 Kings, there was uh, the, the nation of Israel never got rid of, uh, of, of their, their other idols. They were trying to serve God, and they were trying to serve these other idols around them as well. Eventually, they got put into uh, Assyrian uh, uh, captivity, and, and uh, uh, when they left that land, some other captives of the Assyrians moved into the land. And guess what happened? They moved into the land, they moved into the land that, the God, that, that, that they knew that God had set apart for his people. And, and because when they came in there, they didn't honor God. That was his land. They didn't honor God. Guess what happened? <laughs> Lions came and eat them. You can look at it for yourself. Lions came and eat them. And so they said, well, let's send a priest up there. And so they sent a priest up there to, 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 to kind of uh, be the, the conduit, as it were, so that they can minister to the one true God. But, and they did for a while, but guess what? They also mixed other gods in them, and God was not pleased. See, when God says, I won't know other gods before thee. You know, this is my wife. She's here with us this morning. And, 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 and my wife would say the same thing. She said, I will have no other, I, you will have no other wives before me, beside me, around me. None. Zero. And she's right to do so. And if I tried to bring in a mixture of wives, she's not having it. She's going to buy some lions and have them attack us. Because she's jealous for my affection. Well, God is jealous for our affection. So we need not treat this time as a leisure time. When my wife and I go on vacation, we, we have a leisure time. It is it's a time to kind of rest and relax and, and for me to eat M&M's. Big bag. Kind of lose it on vacation. And so we relax a little bit so we can be stronger to go forward the next. That doesn't mean we stop reading the Bible or anything, but we relax. Well, this, let me tell you, this is not the time to relax. Use this time to read whole books of the Bible if you can. To get the Word of God in you. doesn't mean it's got to be 24-7, but I do say more than before. Get more than before. Spend more time than before in the Word of God, and you'll see that the Word of God will impact your life. I want to share these stories with you. John, uh, 2 Kings chapter, chapter 18, uh, verses um, 4. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. And this story just kind of rings to me, and I think it's very appropriate for where we are right now. So we, God is the way, the truth, and the life. We, we've got it, don't we? We've got the way. This is especially right now. We see it clearer, clearer than ever. Uh, 14, what did I tell you? John, 2 Kings chapter 14 or 2 Kings chapter 18. Thank you. So listen to this, verses 4. This is speaking of uh, Ezekiel uh, as he took over the reign of Judah. 
And it says of Ezekiel, he removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Neheshton. Now, now right here, I just kind of popped in my mind. It says, and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Neheshton. Oh, I think I'm, that might not be pronounced correctly. But listen, think about this just for a minute. The, 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 the bronze serpent was a sign of what God did to heal the people, and they began to worship the thing that God had put up and, and forgot about God. Now think about it this way. We come to worship God, but are we really coming to worship God? Or are we worshiping worship? <laughs> are we worshiping going to church on Sunday? What are we worshiping? Are we worshiping the music? Are we worshiping the teaching? Oh, that was so wonderful. The teaching, the teaching, oh, the teaching. Or are we worshiping God that it, the teaching is all about? They had turned attention to the, the serpent, the bronze serpent. And they started worshiping the bronze serpent and to the point where Ezekiel broke it. I said, you guys got to refocus. You got to recalibrate. And that's what we should be doing right now. The church, that is. We should be recalibrating. What is it that we've been really worshiping? Have we been worshiping just this, the, the thought of church, the, the, the comings and the goings and the doings of church? Or are we worshiping God? Are we worshiping God? Let's move on with this story real quick. Gallery, I need to hear from you. Amen. All right, there you go. He trusted, listen, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast, if I say held fast, he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Now notice, that's what we are to do right now. Hold fast. Hold fast to the word of God. We've got something to hold on to. The world doesn't, but we have something. Hold fast. Don't let it slip. Hold fast. Get a good grip on it. Stay with it. We're on the right place, excuse me. So hold fast, hold fast, hold fast to the Lord. He did not depart from the following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded him, Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled, I love it, he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him, but subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from Watchtower to Fortify City. Now, this word is going to come up again, but I love it. He rebelled. Let me tell you something. The fear that is out there in the land right now that is seeking to become God. Yeah, anything you worship is your God. The fear out there right now is seeking worshipers. And behind idols, there is a demon. 
to seduce us and to pull us and to draw us in so that we're talking about it and we're reflecting on it and we're, we're, we're creating all of these bad things that are going to happen. 1.4 billion, 13,000 died. And we don't make light of those 13,000. But that's not cataclysmic. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, fear will come in and it will make it look like something that is humongous to the point where we begin to bow down before it and worship it. And you always know what people are worshiping by the words that are coming out of their mouths. And when they're constantly talking about and talking about how bad, how devastating, well, the, the facts are out there that they're, they're, it's not as devastating as the fear has made it. Does that mean, again, I want to keep on saying, does that mean that we throw precaution away? By no means is that what we mean. But we need not run and hide. We just hold on to what we have. It's not slippery either. So he says he rebelled against the Assyrian. And notice, notice here, I love this, that language because I love that. It, it sounds far more aggressive, like I'm rebelling against that fear. I will not allow you to come into my house. You will not be on my property. You will not have room in my mind. I rebel against you. Rebellion. Now listen to this. <laughs> then Rabshake, he's the Rabshaka, Rabshika, the Rab, must be a half-brother, half, you know. Anyway, then the Rabshaka, he was the king of Assyria, said to them, say now, because he had threatened them with all types of fears. He's like, we're going to come and get you, we're going to put you in, we're going to get you. That's basically what he was saying. He said, say now to uh, Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? Listen to this. Verse 19. The Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust? That you rebel against me. Mm. Did you hear it? Did you all see that? He's like, who are you? I'm the mightiest force around. Who are you? Who are you believing in that you will rebel against me? Who is it that you're so convinced of will win your battle that you would rebel against me? That's good. That's good. That's a tearing away. I believe in God. I rebel against the systems that say that I've got to bow down to any disease, to any fear, to any poverty. We're not bowing down. We're not giving up. You know, churches are saying, man, this might be the end of us. No, it's not the end of you. Grab yourself by the collar and jerk yourself up. 
Should we have opportunity to be fearful? We have opportunity to doubt. We have opportunity to wonder where it's going to come from, where, how are we going to continue on? God, God knew 20, well, 25 years ago that one day this church was going to go through a tremendous difficult time. But he said even then, my word is still the same. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm right here with you. God will bring us through this time if, if we'll lean on his promises and dare not to submit to the enemy, rebel against the enemy. I'm telling us to rebel, have rebellion against anything that is not of God. Rebellion. See, listen, see, it's not our reputation that is on line. It's God's reputation that's on the line. And he li- he's a fighter. He, he will come through. He will fight. He will, he will show himself stronger. He, he said, you know, when, when Hezekiah did this, God was like, yeah, that's right. Rebel against Rabshakeh. Rebel against him. He was like, who, wait, who, who are you? Who are you that you're going to rebel against me? Don't you know who I am? Yes, but I do know who God is as well. And so we want to rebel. We want, our trust will cause us to rebel against anything that is contrary to what we're believing. So I'm telling all of us today, you out there that are watching uh, online, I, I, we, we want you to rebel, not, not against authority, but rebel against fear. Rebel against saying that, that we're doomed and this is the end of the world and, 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 and people going out buying, you know, caseloads of ammo and, and all that kind of craziness. Don't worry about that. God's got you. He's got me. He's got us. He's got his body. He's a loving father. Don't give way to it. Don't give way to it. Listen, we are the hope of the world. There are people that are watching us online right now who, who are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me tell you something. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to trust God. Just trust God. God has got you. He's got you. One more thing and we'll be done. <clears throat> 19, 2 Kings chapter 19. Let's get to the last part of this. Verses 1 through 6. And it says, And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim. Now he had heard some news about them getting ready that the the, the armies of Assyria were coming after him. Uh, Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, And they said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. And then he says this, verse 6, 
And Isaiah said to them, thus, thus you say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid of the words which you have heard with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Amen. And then listen to this. Verse 14. And Ezekiel received a letter from the hand of the messenger and read it. And Ezekiel went up to the house of the Lord and spread before the Lord. Then Ezekiel prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one that dwells between the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, to hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib. Uh, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Surely the Lord, the kings of Assyria, have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord God, I pray save us from his hand, that all the kings of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Let me tell you something. God will show that to us. He is the Lord God. He is the Lord God alone. And then verse 35 says this, 35 and verse 37. It says, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away and returned home and remained in Nineveh. And now it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the temple of Nisroch, his God, that his sons, Adremelech and Asherazer, struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Let me tell you something. You don't want to fight against God. The last thing he said here, 185,000 of their men died. 185,000. And then the prince of them, the kingdom, left as well. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe in my heart. That if we stand strong, not only for ourselves, but also for all the nation, is that whatever that, that, that spirit of infirmity is, is going to say, well, it's time to pack up our bags. Our king has died. And he's got to go. He'll, it will come and it will go. It will come and it will go. And, and, and we will be standing strong because they will know it was our God. Do you hear me? And we're, gonna, we're convinced that that's in our heart. That's the core of who we are. We believe that. And, and every day I say it, I believe it that much more. And every day I say it a little bit more, I believe it a little bit more. And I say it a little bit more, and I believe it a little bit more. And I say it a little bit more, and I'm convinced of it a little bit more. And I'm getting more convinced by the day. The Bible tells us to call those things which be not as though they were. So call it dead. Call it out of here. Call it deceased and desisting and, and leaving its place. God has given us the authority to do so. We're the ones who walk by faith and not by sight. Let's not align ourselves with the, what the news is saying. They're doing their job. Nothing against them. They're doing their job. 
But we tune into a different network. It's called W-O-R-D, the word. And we get it straight from the, from the broadcaster, the DJ, DJ Holy Spirit, giving us the word, telling us what's coming on in the land. You understand what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's spinning right now, and he's spinning the word for us. He's telling us not to be afraid. And we need to share that with so many other people who need to hear it. The, the reason and the argument we have for our faith. Don't hide now. Now's the time where we come out in full force and tell people why we believe what we believe. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning for an opportunity to use the airways. All of the, everything we have in the land today is not, is not a man-made thing. It's what you've given to man so that we can utilize it for the gospel. And so we thank you, Father, for Facebook. We thank you for YouTube. We thank you for the avenues you've given us to minister the word of God. And we pray right now, Father, there may be some out there uh, that are fearful, that not are concerned, and that maybe they've consumed a lot of the news and, and their, their hearts are troubled. We know that you said, let not our hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's foolish. It really sounds foolish. But you said you use the foolish things to confound the wise. It's not foolish for us. So those of you that are out there that say, you know what, I want to receive this Christ. And maybe you grew up in church, but you've kind of fallen away now. But, but boy, this time has really got your attention. Well, God is using this as an opportunity to minister to you. Maybe you're just slowing down enough now to listen. He's been speaking all the time, but now you're listening. And the Bible makes it very clear. It says, for those who desire to be saved, he tells us a very simple thing. He tells us to repent. I mean, turn around and go in another direction. Change the way you're thinking. Change the way you've been thinking about your own life and the way you've been thinking about God. And then he says to, to confess, meaning confess that Jesus Christ is the king. He is the Lord. That Lord simply means master. It means that you're giving him the right to rule in your life. And he's a good master. He'll watch over you. He says, so if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God truly raised him from the dead, he says, you'll be saved. And that's what it means. It means to believe it in your heart. And then what we believe enough in our heart, we'll say it out of our mouths. And it will be reflected from that day forward on the way we live our lives. So if that's you, I want to pray for you right now. Say these words with me. God in heaven, your word tells me that if I will confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and who came into this world to make me right with you. Jesus, I repent. I changed the way I've been thinking. I changed my rebellion against you. I used to be an enemy of yours, but now I want to be with you. I repent. I change the way I've been thinking. And now I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. 
And I'm willing from this day forward to do whatever you tell me to do, to go wherever you want me to go and say whatever you want me to say by the help of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.